0: Well, hi all there, this is Clement D. I'm
1: Captain Kurt.
0: Fascinating. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Thank you,
1: thank you, love you much. Most illogical. I said. Well, that was different. Yep, rousy, but different. Places, please.
0: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, bears, chickens and things to episode one of the Muppet Trek
1: podcast. I'm Steve and I'm Jarman, and we are here to compare, contrast and confer about our two favorite franchises. And what are those, Steve? The Muppet Show
0: and Star Trek. Yes. We're going to be doing one to one reviews of The Muppet Show and Star Trek, the original series. Jarman. Why, how long
1: have you loved Star Trek? Oh, I have loved Star Trek for several years now, not as long as so many other fans out there, but uh, I'd say about 10 years ago, I had a breakup with a girlfriend and I wasn't into too many nerdy things, just kind of like. Like video games here and there, that kind of stuff. But then I just delved right into the original series in my bedroom when Netflix first started airing them. And I just watched the original series, animated series, uh, Next Generation, D Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and I just couldn't get enough of it. So I watched every single episode, all the movies. And since then, I've been a Trekkie ever since listening to podcasts about uh, Star Trek, reading the books, uh, comics. Uh, video games. Though a lot of the video games suck, unfortunately, for Star Trek. Uh, so, would
0: you say the original series was your rebound? It was. Yes,
1: I, I rebounded with Captain Kirk, like so many other fair maidens out there,
0: <laughs> and and thus the fan fiction was born.
1: <laughs> yes, if you can draw a picture or write a story about me and Captain Kirk, even though I'm a straight man, I will still read that and probably enjoy it.
0: We'll put it on our Twitter. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and so, how did you become the love the Muppets so much, Steve?
0: So when I was a kid, I only had a few VHS tapes that were mine. Uh, and two of them, two of like the three that were my VHS tapes. Uh, one was the great Muppet caper, the Muppets take Manhattan and unrelated. The last unicorn. Oh, on one VHS, all taped off television. And the other VHS was episodes of the Muppet show and episodes of Fraggle rock back to back. Ah. And I watched those two VHSs to death. <laughs> to death. Uh, and ever since, I just couldn't get enough. Um, you know, Jim, from a, a more practical sense, um, Jim Henson. really believed that, yeah, Jim Henson, uh, the creator of the Muppets, Fraggle Rock, and everything that I love, um, really believed that kids were smarter than people gave them credit for mm-hmm. and wanted to give the world characters that, that kids loved and adults loved. And uh, that's what Jim did so successfully. And the Muppet show is really kind of the, the pinnacle of what that was.
1: Yeah. A little adults and Uh, kids kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The whole family could get around and enjoy the Muppets and the adults didn't hate it. And the kids didn't get all the references and that was okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that it's funny, your backstory of how you got into the Muppets kind of leads us directly into some feedback that we got um, from Ooh. on YouTube, actually. And this was a little, uh, for those of you who don't know who are new listeners, we have a show called A Play on Nerds we've been doing for about five years now. And we did a whole series that kind of spawned this show where we did uh, reviews of all the Star Trek and Muppet movies. And on our Muppets from Space episode, or no, Muppets Take Manhattan episode, mm-hmm. uh, Megley LVG on YouTube uh, commented, Uh, I listened to your Muppets Take Manhattan podcast last night, and now I can't stop. I have an unpopular opinion on Muppets from Space, as I actually really like it, as I did, too. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, German did, too. You're not alone. I probably would say it's my third favorite Muppet film after The Great Muppet Caper and The Muppet Movie. I remember that's back th- those are good choices. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you like too. I remember back in the day I had been waiting to wanting to watch it for years. And I had a cousin who had it on a clamshell VHS tape who let me borrow it. Wow. After the movie was over, the tape unraveled and destroyed my VCR. So that was fun. Laugh out loud. <laughs> hey, it
0: was a, that's a good one to go out on, though. It
1: is. Yeah. And it's just yeah. funny that you mentioned those VCR <laughs> tapes wearing them out, and the same kind of thing happened to her when she was watching that. Um, and well, also, thank you for commenting. We yeah, you thanks, Megly. And uh, I, I messaged back to her to listen to this episode. So hopefully she's hearing our response. Um, and we got uh, some kind of Garf also on YouTube from our episode zero. We should check out of the Muppet Trek podcast where we watch the uh, unear. Yeah, I pilots. got corrected on something. You did. Uh, it says droop is a frackle, not a crackle. In fact, yeah, so man. was Gonzo in the great Santa Claus switch. Now, what does this mean, Steve? I, those are foreign words to me.
0: Uh, the Great Santa Claus Switch was a, um, like, television special that ran on an hour slot, if I remember correctly. I really, I think I've only seen it once. Mm. Um, but yeah, it involves, like, ugly little monsters switching Santa Claus out to ruin Christmas. Oh, man. I honestly don't remember. I probably saw it one time ten years ago. So Gonzo was a, called a frackle at that point? No, Gonzo wasn't even Gonzo.
1: Oh, cuz you
0: saying yeah same a thing frackle. for for like Elmo. Elmo started as like a random Sesame Street monster. Right. It wasn't until Kevin Clash picked him up and made the character that he became Elmo. Okay, just like the he looked uh, like a monster. You're going to get and I'll talk a little bit about that in this
1: episode with Miss Piggy as well. I see. We'll get into it as they change. And one mm-hmm. last bit of feedback from our episode 0 uh Daniel Peter Hitch on Twitter says, ooh, new content from a play on nerds. That is the name of our network, folks, if you're new listeners. Great new theme and good concept and format. Muppet Trek is going to be fun. It's time to start the music. Warp speed. (laughs) Hashtag Muppet Trek. Hashtag Star Trek. Uh, (laughs) Well, I hope he's right. (laughs) Yes. He (laughs) says, I really enjoy the character swap idea. Statler and Waldorf as Telogians in particular. Feedback is, be interested to see if you'd rewrite each episode using facets of the other show. Um just ah, that's more even more levels of difficult.
0: <laughs> I I could I could try oh man. My head hurts just <laughs> trying know. to get that together.
1: <laughs> You're too smart for us, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> So that's our feedback from episode zero. We'll probably throw that in like around the beginning of the episode so you guys can hear your feedback. Um, so feel free oh, to. Well, thank you, everybody, and keep listening. We'll keep bringing it back. Yeah. And message us on, comment on the episodes on YouTube or on Twitter, or you can email us at Muppet Trek at a play on and we'll read your emails on the air. So let's get into this week's reviews
0: uh, episode one of The Muppet Show, hosted by Oscar winner Joel Gray. Oh, he won an Oscar, huh? Yeah for cabaret I see I Which see. is then he performs a number from In this in this episode Right um, And I actually had the benefit of meeting Joel Grey At a fancy party in New York City wow. Years ago Look at you That's right What was I he was doing there, there. Uh, My brother's wife's old boss Is like big money mm. Crazy big money Old money New York uh, and she hosted a party, an engagement party for my sister-in-law, and my brother, before they were married. And he is like her celebrity friend that she trots out. <laughs> How fun. He is a little tiny guy, too. And mind you, he's older, so I know he's shrunken, but he is he's a small gentleman. Is he still with us? Uh, last I checked. Okay. He's good. also the father of Jennifer Gray uh-huh. uh from Dirty Dancing.
1: Yeah, for you younger listeners out there who are still pretty old reference, but Jennifer Grey, yes. I know. (laughs) That movie's 30 years old at least. (laughs) Yes. yes. We're so recent with our references. We are old.
0: (laughs) That movie's as old as we are. Is that better? Is that that what our audience (laughs) wants?
1: Fortnite. Just insert Fortnite reference here.
0: Just throw No, and then we'll hashtag it. Hashtag
1: <laughs> and we'll the 30 years here. ago. We'll get the kids here to us. Wait, wait, I got it. Pound size Fortnite. Pound sign Fortnite. <laughs> Tic tac toe Fortnite.
0: <laughs>
1: Hash marks. <laughs> Fort daytime. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, we'll get on that. We'll bring yeah, yeah. the young people yet.
1: <laughs> so uh this now the story of this is the first episode that aired or it's the first episode that was shot
0: so then this is a good point that Durham brings up because uh we are going to review it in the order in which it aired so it aired in the UK uh I think as much as nine months or 10 months before it ever hit the US oh um but even though the Episodes were recorded in a specific order that is not the order in which they came out on television. Same as Star Trek, yeah. Yeah. Uh and so because of that, uh we're just going to do it in the order that they aired for the sake of simplicity and having a standard way that we can do it. Perfect. Um so if you look elsewhere you're going to see other things are episode 1, they're lying to you. <laughs> According to us, we're right. According to us and we are right. That's why you're listening cuz we're right. <laughs> All right. So quick summary of this episode. So this episode was really is kind of tough because this is early in the Muppet show and they hadn't figured out how to run the A plot B plot yet. It's kind of all over the place. That's true. Kind of all over the place. Um, So you get uh, the Muppet show introduction, which is not the introduction that you're going to come to know and love. It was made to be more of a variety show stage cabaret show introduction to match the guest it's also the only time that uh, a second verse oh okay is added to the intro it's the only time that happens Uh, and the episode overall is about a minute longer than any other episode which is like a hallmark of jim (laughs) interesting all of jim's first episodes run a little long Hmm. um so then opens up with the musical number comedy tonight uh, with frackles and whatnots going after Mary Louise, who's like a little girl puppet. We go to backstage, which Fozzie and he's got this new actor. He's going to take any suggestion and turn it into a joke. And this is the closest thing to this episode that gets for as far as a backstage plot goes. Yeah, he come back to him making his jokes for the show and annoying everybody with it. Uh, then you get at the dance, which is a recurring Muppet show thing that you're going to see over and over again, where couples have these short, cute conversations, you know, I'm stuck on you. And then his her nose literally comes off on him. (laughs) Right. Uh, you're going to get to see a lot of more of these. You get a cool, a rare appearance of Janice in a brown wig. It's the only time it happened before (laughs) she became like a full on character. Uh, after that, you get a Muppet News flash where the newsman talks about a human cannonball and an act that, that went wrong and that his wife has to show up and pick up the pieces. <laughs> uh, then you finally get your first big take of Joel Grey, and he performs Wilkeman from Cabaret, which he had just relatively recently won the Oscar for, so this was sort of his big number.
1: <laughs> uh, and fun little
0: fact, uh, Jerry Nelson couldn't make it for the filming of this, but he he's a huge part of he does most of the singing for the Muppets. Oh. Uh, so he wasn't there. So they put his puppet in Vilkemen in the musical number. There's like a dirty looking guy with a beard and a mustache. Yes. That is Jerry That is Jerry Nelson's puppet.
1: I thought that was supposed <laughs> to be a puppet of like Jim Henson. I know they all have beards and long Jim hair. Jim
0: also has a puppet. <laughs> okay. You get to see him at some point, but that's Jerry Nelson's puppet since he couldn't be there. Gotcha. Uh, we get another cut to backstage where Fozzie is t- trying his joke on Hilda, who hates it and it's terrible <laughs> um, <laughs> you get the talk spot with uh, kermit and joel which becomes kind of a, a hallmark of each episode where kermit gets a nice little sit down with the guest uh, kermit overshares about joel so joel doesn't have anything to tell kermit about his life big laugh uh, then comes a really kind of weird musical number and i'm gonna try to get the name right Pachalafaka. Oh, yeah. Um, it's i don't it's a weird musical number.
1: It was out a place and I did not. I was not feeling it. <laughs> uh,
0: it's basically about a guy who goes to Turkey and then meets a, a woman who, who whispers like a foreign word to him. Paculafika. And he doesn't know what it means, but it's like his mind thinking of all the things it
1: could mean. It was very vaguely racist. <laughs> uh,
0: then you get a great little intro from Sam the Eagle about how he's basically the morality police. And so here's Wayne and Wanda because they're good folks and church people. Wayne and Wanda, a singing couple who are uh, kind of a staple early in the Muppet show sing stormy weather, but then are both rained out. <laughs> you get another backstage thing of Fozzie trying even more of this bad comedy. It's really thin that this just happens over and over and over again. Uh, Then you get a nice little on stage with Joel Gray and Gonzo where Gonzo doesn't understand a turn of phrase and there's a talking hat puppet and they have a cute little moment. It's nice.
1: It was cute intro to Gonzo because he's basically trying to make a song by destroying a car. And yeah, (laughs) it's pretty fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah. With a hammer. It's like very, very Gonzo. (laughs) Finally, we get Fozzie going out on stage to try his act. Statler and Waldorf give him a hard time. And when he asks for a word, they give him amoeba. Uh, (laughs) He does it and turns it into a joke that they both really like. Uh, and then they say the bear's okay. And this is one of the only times I can remember them being okay with Fozzie. Or with anyone for that matter. With anyone. They, they're normally nice to the guests. Actually, that's actually oh, sort of a hallmark is that okay. they are nice to the guests. Um, uh, sometimes they insult the guests, but like it was, oh, God. It was like when Burl Ives, not Burl Ives, when a comedian hosted. Um, and so it was him heckling them back. But that was part of the shtick. Gotcha. But most of the time, they're very nice to the guest. Uh, then you get kind of a weird thing, a weird uh, Sherlock Holmes with Ralph the dog and his uh, sidekick who go to solve a mystery and it's just a monster eating everyone.
1: I enjoyed it up to you the point the- where the monster's eating everyone. I'm like, whoa, okay, that ended very bleak- bleakly. <laughs>
0: Uh, Muppet, we get, get another Muppet news flash uh, where the newsman reviews that New York is being held hostage and only has enough food and water for, for a few more days um, then we get Joel Grey and Gonzo with the hammer <laughs> banging on the car and then Joel Grey gets to do a final musical number, Razzle Dazzle give them the old the razzle old Razzle Dazzle Razzle Dazzle Razzle Dazzle, 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 dazzle.
1: Uh, and then
0: you get a sign off with Kermit, where a bunch of the Muppets rush into the frame and say, no, "Goodbye, everybody!" Uh, and that's the that's episode one of the Muppet Show, at least the way it
1: aired. Right. I think it's good that they the first episode that airs has the two verse version of the intro song. That's kind of appropriate. I feel like.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's strange, and and I when I watched it, I had I had kind of forgotten about it.
1: It's yeah, been a
0: long time. Um, so, what did you think of this first episode of the Muppet Show?
1: I I actually enjoyed it. I, we, uh, if you listen to episode zero, folks, you'll hear our reviews of the kind of two pilots. We mostly did one of the pilots that didn't really air on TV, and they were really trying to find a tone and kind of odd and just all over the place. And this one was like definitely all over the place as far as a lot a lot going on. But I was entertained the whole time. There was nothing like except for the weird Turkish number, which I just not just not connecting to at all. But um, that was weird. But otherwise, maybe the song was big at the time. Right? Maybe. No. <laughs> But uh, otherwise, it was just a lot of fun. Joel Gray is just a, a wonderful performer and just, yes, yeah, he's a to watch. a uh, great dancer. Um, and I have it, this whole podcast. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. Like, am I going to be bored to tears these episodes? I've never had the fascination with Muppets that Steve has had. Um, but then I'm like, this was really entertaining. It was just a fun variety type show. And I I love cheesy jokes. So this is right in my ballpark with Fozzie and everything else. The old timey jokes and stuff. Um. So yeah, I, as a great first outing. I feel like for the for the show, for
0: me. the Muppet Show goes. You're absolutely right. This is all over the place. It yeah. just is. Uh, they they fit a lot in, which is will become a little less typical. But that's because later in the Muppet Show, the numbers and productions get bigger. Oh, they get bigger. Sets get much. Oh my gosh. So season one of the Muppet Show certainly has some iconic, iconic guest stars and iconic episodes and moments. Uh, and it, in you know, this, this season is what kicked it off, but most of the episodes that like, I remember, and I think about the sets and the big musical numbers all come from seasons like two, three, and four. Gotcha. Cause I was going so to comment does at the have, end of this
1: that it looked like a huge budget.
0: This, th- yeah, absolutely. This is a huge budget. Um, in fact, that's why Jim had to go to England is because that's the only place he could find someone that would give him the money he needed to make the show. That makes sense. Um, but, um, this, you'd see a lot of elements that eventually become the Muppet show, but this, this is still very rough. Huh.
1: Well, I'm excited for what's to come then. If S-
0: super happens. rough. Um, as I said, they got a lot ba- better later on about balancing the, the like onstage plot with the guest and the backstage plot drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that a lot of that you'll see comes from establishing these relationships
1: yeah, and who each character is going to become and more of their character quirks and backstories and that kind of thing.
0: Right. And it really all becomes an element of how, how Kermit relates to each of them. Like you got a bit of it in this one with Fozzie and Kermit and him kind of putting up with Fozzie and kind of encouraging him. (laughs) And and then in some ways kind of discouraging him. (laughs) Yes. Um, And that's pretty well established. And that was a reflection of, um, of Frank, Frank Oz and Jim working together. Um, But you don't get as hefty with Gonzo. Let's say, which in later episodes, it's a very clear establishment of like Kermit really trying to keep Gonzo under control as Gonzo became a bigger character
1: and an awesome character. I love Gonzo and an
0: awesome character. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, something I'll talk about here. uh, This is one of the last episodes. I think this might be the last episode as far as the the order the count goes uh, where Piggy was still just some sort of random chorus girl. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, in this episode, Piggy is played by two different puppeteers in two different voices Hmm,
1: and definitely a weird sounding voice for sure.
0: Yeah. in one set of scenes, uh, it's Richard Hunt in two scenes that involve Piggy. And then it is Frank Oz, who eventually would become Piggy um,
1: in a different one. I have to say, though, Richard Hunt, that's what they use for like a prank name. That's right. Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: he's also the guy who, who more famously does Scooter. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's a different opening, extra verse, and uh, interesting fact: this is the only episode where J- Jane Henson is listed as a performer. So she never performs uh, again. Jim's wife. Yeah, she performed at that point, but I think there was this her her wanting to get out of that role, and Jim finally had the support structure around him and all the talent he needed. So I think she would this the she was finally able to kind of step back. And be a producer or something or just from the whole thing? Um, well, I think she took time to be with her kids.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
0: But yeah, later on, she became—you know—she was the chief of the, the Henson Company for a while before she passed it down to her daughter. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. Very interesting. So overall, a good episode, but I think that there's much better ones to come as the Muppets find their way.
1: And as we go into this, is it interesting watching these again for the first time in a long time?
0: Oh yeah. Cause here's the thing The the, as I said, there are some iconic ones we have coming up. The next one, Rita Morena is a super iconic one. Mm. Um, she does a scene with, with uh animal that is on every, you know, best moments in Muppet show history list. Oh, that's exciting. So we got some really great stuff coming up. So the, the ones that are great, I've watched more, right? Like the droll gray one. This one's okay.
1: <laughs> it's all right. So
0: I've watched it, you know, twice
1: before this. <laughs>
0: But we're going to have those episodes with you in Star Trek, too, I'm sure. That's true.
1: That's true. Like even this one that we're about to talk about. Really? Yes. Is this iconic or bad? Though? Oh, no, not bad. Just one of the ones that's like, it's all right. So I've watched a couple. Okay. Of yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> are we ready for our Star Trek episode? Let's talk Star Trek. All right. So this week we're reviewing Star Trek episode from the original series, The Man Trap. And uh, similarly, I believe if I'm wrong. Correct me, but I thought I looked this up. No, that- you're right. I
0: looked it up. It is right. it's the first one to air.
1: First one to air,
0: but it was like the sixth one recorded or
1: something. Right. Exactly. So. The man trap uh, is the first time we see Captain Kirk. This is the actual, you know, real official second pilot, basically. Uh, But they do no explaining of introducing characters or anything like that. Just kind of jumps right into the action with the captain's log and everything. So. Captain Kirk and McCoy, Dr. McCoy, are going sent to a planet to like provide medical supplies and check in on the research station that's there. Because they're supposed to do that every mm-hmm. year, according to Captain Kirk in this episode. Uh, they find the archaeologist and his wife, Nancy... And it turns out that Nancy was an old flame of uh, Dr. McCoy, which is pretty exciting. And he's all nervous to see her again, even though she's married to this archaeologist. But as Nancy walks into the research station, she looks different to every person that looks at her. There's a random crewman who you're sure is going to die later because he doesn't have a (laughs) name. Uh, And then Kirk looks at her and sees her as an older woman. Bones sees her as the way that he remembers her when he knew her 20 years ago. And the crewman sees her as some beautiful blonde he met in a pleasure planet, as he says. Uh, So Kirk sees her as he as she actually is for some reason or as an older woman. I don't know why. All right. So and shortly thereafter, after the archaeologist comes in, he's all ornery about them being there. He doesn't want their help or an examination. He is quite ornery. That's a good word. Completely ornery. Uh, They find they hear a woman yelling. It's Nancy. She sees a crewman is dead on the planet with sucker marks all over his face. And she said that he ate a poisonous fruit uh, without you know thinking about it. And he died from poisoning. So, uh, they take him up to the ship to examine him and find out that he was not poisoned. Uh, and also, eventually, that all the salt was drained from his body. So, they go back down to investigate further, obviously, because what the hell's going on? Why was salt taken from his body? And the, the archaeologist is still being ornery and mean, telling him to leave and get out of there. And two more crewmen die. One's missing, and the other one they find dead uh, with those sucker marks in their face again. And we find Nancy standing over one of them. They don't see her yet, but she's like scared and like sucking over one. Of them. And then she turns into the dead crewman that she was sucking on with her fingers. Yeah. And so she's a shape changing alien, apparently, and a salt vampire, which is what this episode is salt commonly vampire. known as the salt vampire episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, so she disguised herself as a crewman that died who they didn't find yet. So she can get back on the ship with them. And when she's there, she goes on a little killing spree, chasing around people to go suck their face and get the salt out of their body. Um, she very creepily follows around Yeoman Rand, uh, the blonde. Uh, and then she chases. She This is the kind of problematic part. She turns into a black man when she sees uh, Uhura on the ship. because And her, speaks Swahili. Who speaks Swahili like she does. <laughs> um, and she's about to suck the face from the Uhura when people walk out. And, you know, she catches her so She kind of runs off. Uh, and so they finally go back down once they see that the people are dying on the ship and they get the archaeologist back up there and say, you better tell us what the hell's going on. And meanwhile, the salt monster has looking like Nancy again, has found the doctor and she says, oh, you should go to sleep. You should take a rest. You've been working too hard. Just up on the ship. She gives him a sleeping pill. He falls asleep in her arms, basically. And she basically is falling in love with the doctor because she loves how he makes her feel. Because she can also feel the emotions of how someone feels towards her. Mm, and so okay. she it's like an emotion vampire and assault vampire at the same time.
0: I hadn't quite put together that connection.
1: Yeah, basically. That makes, she, that makes she, perfect she, sense. She tells him, like, oh, I like the way you love me more than he does, is what she says about her husband, um, the, the archaeologist. So while the doctor's asleep, she disguises herself as the doctor. And she goes into the meeting where they're talking to the archaeologists, where they're trying to convince him to tell them more about the salt monster. He says that the salt monster killed his wife many years ago, and he was going to kill the monster. But then the doctor, the monster took the form of his wife, and so he realized that the monster needs love, and he found out it's the last of its kind on the planet. So he just lets the little monster live there and feeds it salt all the time, uh, which is very strange. And they, mm-hmm. he says he could tell them who the monster is, even when it's disguised, but he won't. So they're going to take him to get a truth serum in the medical bay. So the doctor, Spock, and the, and the archaeologist go to the medical bay. And the doctor, which is actually the salt monster, uh, kills the archaeologist because doesn't need him anymore and attacks Spock to do the same. But since he has that Vulcan blood, he can't be salt sucked like everyone else. <laughs> so then Nancy goes back to the doctor and says, protect me. They're chasing after me. Um, He wakes up and he's like, oh, I'll protect you. And then uh, Kirk comes in and tries to attack. But Doctor gets in the way says, you can't kill her. He's like, no, it's the monster. Um, It attacks Kirk. It attacks Spock. Finally, the Doctor comes to his senses and he kills the salt monster. And it takes its original form, which is this really cheap kind of Doctor Who costume um, with big salt sucker on its face and its fingers. It's adorable. And that's the end of the episode. They kill the salt monster and the Doctor's dead. Everybody's dead. (laughs) So. (laughs) That's the end of the man trap. So what did you think of this episode, Steve?
0: Um I thought it was good. So here so having not watched a lot of Star Trek and when I do it's very sporadic. Um looking at the effects, like um especially the the ship effects and the planet effects,
1: they're so good and they hold up incredibly well. Are you watching on Netflix? Yeah. That's because it's the remastered edition with the new special effects. <laughs>
0: Oh, so is that all computer, or yes. is it
1: just re- remastered? So the ship and the planets are all CGI remastered. Uh,
0: oh, right. that makes more sense. I was like, "Wow, that is incredible!"
1: <laughs> yeah, for sixties, <laughs> how do they do that?
0: Okay, well, I take it back. I'm sure it was shit.
1: <laughs> now, if you watch the same episode on like CBS All Access, still has the original because they haven't gotten the rights to the remastered version yet. Or if you find okay. online somewhere, you'll see like the ship on the string next to the blurry planet. It's kind of like that kind of thing. Uh,
0: oh, man, that would have been better. All right. <laughs> well, now I know I got to try to find it. Okay. But it, the um,
1: masters are fantastic as far as the clarity. You can see like every pore and the yes. fate is great. So I love the remastered. They're, they're really good.
0: Uh, I like that you got a, a sort of an early taste of uh, Kirk and Bones. Mm-hmm. Already. Yeah, uh, though. And even this, I think uh, the same thing. Um can be said for both episodes in that like Kermit is the middle of the Muppet show and Kirk is the middle of his crew. And as the relationships develop and, and the actors got a clearer picture of what the relationships to each other were going to be. I think that the, that the
1: episodes grew. Yeah. And they get to be more funny, more they move better. Everything feels a little more fluid.
0: Yeah. Once he had a little bit more rapport, but you can feel that this early in the stage, it's not quite there yet.
1: Yeah. They're still getting to know each other for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, So I think you feel that on both sides of the aisle. That's a similarity. Bam. Oh, oh, I have many similarities to talk about later. Oh, I'm very excited. (laughs) Um, I liked, um, so here is my kind of issue, is there were a few times they did the monster changing Mm -hmm. from one form to another really well. Really, really well. And it made it that much more jarring when they kind of did it lazily.
1: Yeah. And like the background was the same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, overlapping shots where they clearly didn't even have the actors stand in the same place and like, <laughs> uh, but then some of them were really clever where she turns to walk through her door and then the actress that comes out
1: the other side is that blonde. Yeah, that was good.
0: You know, and that was seamless and good and
1: clever and an easy use of their budget. Or when they cut away from her at the door, pan over to the doctor sleeping in the bed. And when they pan back to the door, she's changed to the doctor that we don't right to show the transition. It just kind of happens with the transition.
0: Yeah, so there were some really smart choices, but it made the bad ones that much more jarring. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, I like—I really liked the actor that played um the Doctor Crater. I think was his name, the archaeologist. Yeah, yeah, the archaeologist. I thought he—he he was a great guest star.
1: He was. He was very solid.
0: Um, and the other thing I liked is that uh, at one point the crew is like running around, and you kind of get to see more below deck, like. Mm-hmm. Not main crew people. And they really did make the crew diverse.
1: They sure did for the 60s. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, like African American women, and everybody had different style jumpsuits different that crews. were kind of culturally identified to them, which I thought was also like a crazy detail. There was an, a, an an Asian gentleman, but he was in uh, a uniform that was much more flowy and kind of like Japanese inspired.
1: Oh, I didn't really notice that.
0: <laughs> Re- rewatch it. People have different style uniforms and it, it makes it that much more interesting. There's that much more to look at. And that was impressive, too. Yeah.
1: It's one thing that you do throughout Star Trek episodes is watch the hallway scenes where people are walking really fast back and forth and stuff. And you'll catch little funny things here and there just in the extras. But they always yeah. kind of pop, I, they always populate actually, very well.
0: Yeah, I kind of appreciated that, you know, him walking through and there's like a guy with a little meter measuring yeah. a pipe. You, know? <laughs> you Whatever know, he's doing, like, it's great. The guy's doing something. <laughs> good for him. He's busy. <laughs> um, so I think I, I like this. I think it's a good first real step into this show, but I think similar to the Muppet show, I think it's
1: only going to get better from here. That's very true. And I also took to point out, I love, because I don't think you ever see it again, uh, Sulu's room with all the, the plants in it, that does not Oh, come-
0: that was a nice cool thing. It was. Yes. It
1: was I, I forgot about that until now. And I'm like, oh, that does never that never comes back. <laughs> I wish it did, but it never comes back. Uh but anyways, well good. I think we both had some strong first episodes, but room to grow. Um much room to grow. So similarities. We can go back and forth in these if you like.
0: Uh so you mentioned it earlier, and uh, both of them are not the first episode that they recorded, but they were the first ones to air. Right. Uh both feature green monsters that suck something off of another person's
1: face. Uh-huh. What's, what's the Muppet one?
0: <laughs> in the Muppet one, in the dance scene where it's the green monster and the little girl with the nose and she, I'm stuck on you. What? And then he pulls away and her nose comes off of her face.
1: Right. I put both Both have a monster eating in quotations other characters. Yes, because, that's a good one, too. Because the other guy just eats those people whole in the Muppets. And the, <laughs> this one just eats the salt out of their body. Uh,
0: let's see. In the number, Pachalotica oh God. Uh, features a woman who ends up being in a disguise slash a man. That's true. Similar
1: to the way the monster. Speaking of is the the, woman the Pachalotica scene, uh, both have a vaguely racist scene in the, the turkey scene. <laughs> Pachalotica and the black has to be a black crewman that has to be the one that appeals to her. It's kind of like it's just vaguely racist, it's not straight up. Yeah,
0: he had a killer haircut though. He did (laughs) like on point. Nice, the flat top, it was perfect. Uh, both feature a search for a murderer. Okay, uh, both in the Sherlock Holmes sketch.
1: That's true, and the
0: Muppets, and then them looking for the monster, the salt vampire,
1: right? Right, right, right. Yeah? Uh both have corny old-timey jokes. But that's going to be similar <laughs> for every episode probably. That is true. <laughs> uh, uh I'm out. So I would, my more. last one is a uh, production value increased for both this and the pilots uh, of both. Um yes, yeah, absolutely. You can see the increased production value on on from this to the pilots. Yeah, cuz it's it's fantastic. Uh but yeah, there's the similarities. All right, so I've got uh,
0: some something that we're bringing over from our old show, Play on Nerds, uh, Trek Connection. Uh huh. Where I found a connection between the episodes that we watched. Joel Gray uh, played a character in a Star Trek Voyager episode named Caleb.
1: Oh, I think I in remember In the season
0: that. two episode Resistance.
1: Oh. Uh,
0: and then this was my favorite one. Bob Baker, who played Beauregard, which was the hand puppet plant. Uh huh in Sulu's room uh, was also an uncredited Muppet performer at in the giant end scene in the Muppet movie.
1: Wow. That's so crazy. How the hell do you where find? There's that? like a, where there's like a
0: hundred. Oh man, dude, I had to dig, but I found it.
1: <laughs> that's incredible. But as soon
0: as I saw a hand puppet, I was like, Ooh, there's gotta be something. Yeah. You could tell there's it was five fingers of a hand on that, that plant. And it was really well done. It really was. well done. Um, but
1: yeah, so he was in the Muppet movie. That's hilarious. I remember that big scene at the end. It's huge. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, brings germ- us to a uh, transporter yeah. malfunction. Oh, no. Transporter malfunction. Transporter malfunction. <laughs> we have fun here at Muppet Train. Uh, <laughs> <We>, yeah. <laughs> so, this is the part of the show where we like to um, transport one character. Uh, from one of these episodes to the other episode so we kind of switch the player they'd be playing to the other episode Um, and for my first one i had i want joel gray to be transported into the character of professor robert crater uh the guy i could see him being like a snippy little version of that and i thought of him playing it differently because the guy didn't do it badly but um, more pizzazz and mystery, and I me mean, kind of a kooky archaeologist. Yeah, like, not n- nowhere is gruff. <laughs> yeah, you guys should leave. It's kind of kind of weird here, <laughs> and little jazz heads. <laughs> it's an arid planet. You think we don't need salt? <laughs> Salt's good for everybody. <laughs>
0: don't you know (laughs) yes (laughs) and then he has and then he has a magician's pop-up
1: cane that comes out of nowhere. what the hell what is this guy doing (laughs) doctor he needs some help (laughs) he's got he's gone space happy as yeoman Rand said
0: (laughs) now give me (laughs) a (laughs) salt
1: all right what's someone you'd transport over Okay, so here's my idea. So this
0: the, the episode was about a shapeshifter. Uh-huh. And I was thinking how you would do that with the puppets. And so in the first um, musical number, Comedy Tonight, it's mostly frackles and, and whatnots. And whatnots in Jim Henson's world are the sort of general form puppets that they can then take and put different eyes on and different facial features on and change them and make them a whole range of characters. Oh, okay. So my thought, my thought was that you could take a whatnot and put it in place of the monster. And then, as it takes appearances of other things, they could literally just change the features.
1: Oh, that's great!
0: And so, as it changed, you know, it would be literally be the same shots except for it would come through as a different whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: really creative. I enjoy that. That's kind of like incorporates backstage the shots, production
0: stuff too. I think the shots would be easier to line up than <laughs> than, <laughs> than what they did with some of the shots in the episode. Yeah,
1: hey, film's expensive. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they used to play pay by the meter back then <laughs> they sure did in and developing don't get me started um <laughs> i don't know how, if we fully established how many reasons we were to do but i said one more of, of have these oh hit me the salt vampire transported to be the monster that was eating people I and mean, that's pretty kind of a given but oh man, that more brutal, though. Yeah, it was really frightening. But in the Sherlock thing—he's like, "Well, there's nobody left here alive, so I guess there was no murder." <laughs> it's like people sucked faces just on the ground with no salt in their bodies. Nope, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> uh, so that'd be—I like these transporter malfunctions Yeah, it's a good—it's a good bit. <laughs> So I guess that brings us to the end of episode one, the official episode one of the Muppet Trek podcast, everybody. That's right.
0: Uh, Join us next time for episode two of the Muppet show with special guest star Rita Moreno
1: and original series episode, Charlie X. So from the lovers, the dreamers and us live long and prosper everyone. Thanks for listening to the Muppet Trek podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. This podcast has been brought to you by A Play on Nerds.